Welcome, everybody, to the uh, Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Megan Torgerson, and I am sitting in real physical space with Pastor Steve Thomason. And, and we actually have a physical producer here with us today. Uh, what's 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 our producer's For name? those of you who have been longtime listeners to Carry On Cast, you'll be very happy to know that Elizabeth Denmark is sitting in this studio with us for the first time since COVID started. Another sign that the world is slowly reopening. Praise God. We are we are coming back, folks. We are moving into this new reality. And I'll tell you what, it's a completely new reality for me because this is only the second time ever that I've recorded this podcast, A, in real physical space with, with anyone, uh, and B, with an actual producer yeah. present. So it feels if, so official. If you listen to last week's, you'll notice a significant improvement in the quality of the audio because... <gasps> Elizabeth Denmark was not with us last week, and I was trying to do it, which is why it was bad. Which is so. why we have <laughs> Ms. Denmark in the room with That's us right. today <laughs> to save us from ourselves. Oh, friends, it's good to be with you like this, and as, especially in a way that you can actually hear us. That's a nice That's a nice touch. So uh, we are going through our worship series for the summer called Renewing Worship, where we're talking about different elements of worship and why we do them and what they're about and what they could mean for us and how we might renew them and be renewed by them. It's really exciting. And this week, friends, we are talking about music because who doesn't like to talk about music? Um, I know that there are plenty of you out there. But before we get into talking the details, let's talk about the text for the week. Um, Pastor Steve, would you read Psalm 98 for us? I would love to read Psalm 98. I'm not going to read the whole thing. That's okay. I, Select verses. Yeah, I think we're doing one A and then what, like four, four through, through nine. nine. Yeah, yeah, so the bulk of the bulk of the psalm for those of you following along at home. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the world and all those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Oh, it's just beautiful. And folks, I, maybe you've heard me talk before about just how much I love the Psalms, how I really kind of believe that no matter where you're at in your life, no matter what you need, no matter what's going on, there's a Psalm for you. So anytime we get to hear from the Psalms in worship, I mean, I'm in, I've bought in. But I really love this Psalm in particular, especially as we're talking about worship, um, because... I look especially at verses five and six that we're singing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the sound of melody, with trumps, trumps, trumpets, and the sound of the horn. I mean, the whole point is that there are lots of different ways to make this music and sing praise. I thought we were supposed to be truthful. We're supposed to sing with the lyre? 
But I'm Ching! Hey! Liar. I had to get a dad joke in there. That was a solid dad joke. It was joke. Father's well, Day this past weekend. That's so. true. Shout out to the dads and father figures out there. Pastor Steve's rocking the dad jokes on your behalf. Yeah, no, liar. It's like a stringed instrument. L-Y-R-E. It's L-Y-R-E. Yeah, and, and what I love is that there's this recognition that there's lots of different kinds of sounds and styles. In fact, if you go into the subsequent verses, you know, seven and eight, there, even nature itself is making music to praise God. So it goes beyond even the things that we create to make music it goes into the you know god's creation it's very self-making music which is kind of great some of the coolest music is when you stand out in the forest Mm. and you hear the breeze come through the leaves you know and then it starts raining and uh, just i will admit that in verse eight it says let the floods clap their hands and i grew up in the red river valley where floods were a, a frequent and destructive event so i'd rather not hear that round of applause so that's that captured my imagination the floods clap their hand because when it says flood it's referring to the ocean it's referring to the waters right oh and the chaos so the, i mean a, a theme all throughout scripture is that the ocean represents chaos mm-hmm. and which is why in the creation you know the spirit of the lord hovered over the surface of the flood of mm. the deep and brought order out of chaos and so to say that the floods are actually clapping their hands as opposed to the dry land it's it's bringing like all of the universe together right well and that's one of the things i love about the 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 poetry of the psalms and i know you're going poetry this doesn't rhyme remember that poetry comes in lots of different forms remember also that this is a very ancient sort of poetry different priorities for what makes poetry and then finally that you know you might not rhyme with the sound of the words but you kind of rhyme with the intent and style so what uh psalms will do a lot is this very parallel structure with either the uh, opposite uh, verses or even within the verse itself it's why a psalm will sometimes sound kind of repetitive because it's echoing a theme over and over so even to your point pastor steve let the floods clap their hands let the hills sing together for joy so let the lowlands let the wet places let the chaotic potential places of creation clap their hands and then let the hills the high points the the potential holy places where we might indeed go find god on the hills like like on jerusalem itself let them sing together for joy so it's this parallel structure of high and low right (laughs) of chaos and formation of of all these different parallels, let them all work together mm-hmm. in singing praise of God. And to that point, man, do we have lots of different options for the way worship might actually sound. Pastor Steve, before we got into the podcast, we were talking about the different kinds of worship styles, which is to say even just kinds of music we were raised with, the two of us as pastors uh, growing up and what what hymnody, what music sounded like i was uh, tell us a little more about about what you were saying about kind of the style that you grew up with oh yeah so well i grew up as many of you know that i grew up in the baptist tradition and baptist hymnody because you know we had a hymn book and had lots of hymns that we loved you know just as i am and the old Mm, rugged cross mm. those are those are good core uh but they come from a tradition of camp revivals in predominantly in the South uh, around the Civil War time, right? That's where a lot of that music came about because the world was in chaos um, as everything was changing. 
And there was this movement of itinerant preachers just riding through the countryside and setting up these camp revival, tent revivals. And so a lot of the hymnody that I grew up came from that. And um, it, it was, and it was intentionally made to be easy to sing. It's all four, four time. It's all, you know, a major key, dun, 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 like that. And it's just, <laughs> it's just really easy music. Right. And, and so, uh, but then I also am, I'm what people consider one of the young evangelicals. I was the first generation of the evangelical movement in the 80s. And a big movement there was contemporary Christian music. And so, and, and like, the Dove Awards and Sparrow Record, you know, all of that stuff and Stephen Curtis Chapman and uh, Michael W. Smith and all that stuff. I grew up on that. And so I've wrestled with, okay, so what is the right kind of music to Mm -hmm. have in worship? And then when I came to the Lutheran Church, the hymns were completely different. I didn't even know what was going on. And, and (laughs) And you're not even just talking completely different, like like a different set of hymns, although that is true, it's a completely different style. I mean, even the kinds of, of, of hymns you were singing were, were different just even in the way they were written and formatted yeah. and, and sung together. Yeah. yeah. So you grew up in that tradition. Tell me about those hymns. Right. So I grew up, you know, just really super steeped in the in the Scandinavian Lutheran church as it is expressed in the, in the Midwest of the North American continent, right? So I came out of a tradition that had this high, high, high priority on a couple of things that you can see play out in some of our ELCA colleges, for instance, which is to say education and music. So in those traditions that plays out in a style of hymnody that's pretty rigorous. So you're you're teaching the theology through the different verses of the hymn. So you're going to have like six different verses, right? Because you've got to have a chance to play out that theology verse by verse in the hymn. So you're singing good theology. But then the music itself is also going to be rigorous because you're both assuming and teaching a, a really intensive, really specific kind of musical style, very based in in chorale and kind of uh, European musical tradition. Um, and the priority there isn't, you know, easy singability for anyone who might come in. The priority is you sit down, you learn this, you sing this. Like we work together. This is a this is a project, right? That's why you will open up a a Lutheran hymnal and look at a hymn and go. Wow, there is a lot of black note on this page because it's 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 work, it's a job you invest mm-hmm. in it. I mean, I remember as a kid, I really learned how to read music because my dad stood next to me during worship and followed along with the hymn on the page. So he took his finger and ran it along the melody line so I could hear word by word, mm. note by note where we were, and that's how I even got a sense of what it meant to like read music, right? That you had to follow it along on a page. That's how I learned to sing harmony as I went, oh, okay, well, if this is the note that we're following for the melody line, this one below it, that must be a harmony line. Oh, I could sing that too. So it's 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 investment, it's work. It's just a different style so, of music. So church was like a, a choir practice. Right, exactly, right. I would come in, my dad was, was singing the bass line. I could hear my Aunt Bev a couple rows behind singing the alto line. So if I couldn't find it myself, I had to cheat. It was a, it was, it was a, a four-part harmony choir practice 
every week. And, and I know some of you have that experience as well. It was not until much later in my life. In fact, when I went on my internship, when I went to Las Vegas, which Pastor Steve and I have in common in its own weird little way, because mm-hmm. uh, it's a small Lutheran world, even when you're not running in a Lutheran world. Um, <laughs> when I encountered a contemporary worship service. So I was now in a place where there was there was no music to read. We had the words up on the screen. We had a worship group leading. And I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe the wor- maybe the music's not going to be as good, right? Because in my head, I connected like this investment of work with, you can't see me doing air quotes, folks, with good church music, air quotes. But what I encountered was a really rigorous in its own way, authentic, really meaningful expression of both theology and and strong value of music in a contemporary worship service. Mm -hmm. So I didn't follow along with the music. I couldn't read the notes. I had to listen. I had to pay attention. I had to follow along with what was being led. And it was exciting for me to learn to sing that church music in that way. Totally different style, totally different from what I'd been raised in. And I learned that it was high value and really meaningful and powerful, especially as a style of worship. I want to, that's fascinating. I just learned a ton right there. And I, I want to also, having, um, you know, served at a church for 12 years that was the contemporary music, like we had the best rock band on the strip. You that's know? right. And, but there, there's another strain that goes into this, is it, and it comes from the Pentecostal tradition. Because in the early, late 70s, early 80s, in the evangelical world, you know, the charismatic movement was Pentecostalism that was moving into the more middle-class white churches, right? Because Pentecostalism uh, started with uh, a poor population, right? And an ethnically diverse population because it was a liberative thing. We, that, we can go down a deep rabbit hole of that's theology a, Yeah, there. I was going to say that's a but, heck of a rabbit but, hole, but it's but, good, yes. But one of the things that happened, and is that the purpose of music, like everything we've heard so far, is that the purpose of the hymns was more instructional. Like, because, like, back when Martin Luther uh, created hymns, you know, most people were illiterate. And so you would sing the theology because it's actually easier to remember things when you sing them, right? So it's, it's equal parts praising God and learning. Right. Now, in the charismatic movement, the purpose of music was what what Paul, you know, Paul said, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Right. The purpose of music in the Pentecostal movement, charismatic movement, was to reach an ecstatic state, right? So the music, so people critique the contempor- some of the contemporary worship because it's like seven songs repeated 400 times. Right, the, the, the repetitive the, the repetitive, theme and the same couple well, of words. There's two and reasons yep. for that. Yeah. One is... It's easy to learn it quickly, for especially for people who aren't readers or don't know how to read music. It's like, okay, you got the words down in the first 10 seconds, but we keep singing it in community because the, the intention is that collectively we're caught into a spiritual state of ecstatic communion with God. And then in a true charismatic, then speaking in tongues would break right. out and all that kind of stuff. And so that's why that music is that way. There's And there's traditional, again, air quotes, expressions of that same kind of charismatic, uh, uh, expressive. I mean, if you think of like a Taizé tradition mm-hmm. where you're singing the same two lines 
legitimately over and over and over and over and over with that whole point of this this really strong yeah. community union ex- kind of ecstatic yeah. praise of god reaching sort of a different spiritual it's state a, it's a mysticism yes and yes the, and there's a deep tradition like you just said in the taize or all the, the monastic traditions yes and and so i just think that's important to reach to to name that and so when we look at like our different styles at Easter, mm-hmm. you know, on the hill with our traditional liturgy, it it is really uplifting a particular style and a particular cultural tradition mm-hmm. that uh, leans a little bit more toward the education and everything that you described about right. the academic, and right. not in a bad way, but just learning, learning it, it, about God and learning about music. And, a different way to interact with that kind of information, yeah. right? With that theology, with that history yeah. of the church, right? In in that particular musical style, which you're right, is very much a, a cultural expression in its own mm-hmm. way. Um, and that's different from what we experience if you go to contemporary worship at the lake. There's a, a different level of what what's the priority there? Well, being in community, being joined together, being able to kind of lift our voices and having an entry point that's a little more level. There's, you know, there's less of like, you, know, you don't have to necessarily know how to read music, for instance, like we've been talking about in some of these other expressions mm-hmm. of worship. And, and what it comes down to, listener, is that all these expressions of worship are valid because if you're if you're placing the validity of worship in the style of music you are like putting the cart so far before the horse that like the the horse doesn't even know that there's a cart anymore you're 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 totally flipping things around the point of worship i mean is multiple but it's to be in community it's to be in the presence of, of our God who is holy and mysterious and other than us. It is to offer our praise to this God who is other than us. It's even in its own way to receive um, education, correction, you know, direction. And because we're Lutheran, it's also to be in contact with the sacraments, these places where where we know that God's love and mercy and promise to redeem is, is just really like physically present with us. That's the point of worship. So... Are you going to do that with with German chorales? Are you going to do that with a, a praise song that repeats the same 12 words? Are you going to do that with a Taizé song that has this like build and ebb and flow? There are so many ways to do that. It's, it's not about the style. It's about holding what is important about worship and then letting the style of worship do that work. Yeah, there's a, a Lutheran... I think he's a pastor, Jonathan Rundman. I think and, he is a pastor now, yeah, isn't he? he I, yeah, I think. Anyway, he's a musician. And, yeah, and, uh, talented He one. has made his life mission to uh, do the Lutheran liturgy, like hardcore Lutheran liturgy, but in more of a kind of a country style. He's done multiple musical styles, but that's part of his mission is to uphold the liturgical form but introduce different musical styles right. to say that these things are not pitted against each other. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, Some of you might know uh, Nadia Boltz-Weber, who is a pastor out of Colorado in the ELCA. And she, uh, the church that she started is incredibly liturgically traditional and, and kind of old school in the way it, it does hymnody and worship. But itself as a worship community is, is real contemporary, is real postmodern, real out there. And one of the things she talks about is you have to know why you're doing what you're doing if you're going to innovate from it. So you don't just do a new thing to do a new thing. You figure out what you're doing and why you're doing it and then say, 
well, okay, does this work for us? How might it work differently? What parts might change or add or subtract or be adapted given who we are and how God is at work among us? which I think is so powerful. And sort of what we're hoping for from this Renewing Worship series is to say, why do we have music in worship? Well, not necessarily because you you just want to hear your favorite music, although that's valid. It's okay to say, I prefer contemporary music style. I prefer a hymnody. It's okay to say those things. But that's, worship isn't necessarily there just to hear your favorite music. That would be a concert. We're not in a concert. We're in worship. How does music serve worship? How does this get us into a place and a state where we're in contact with our with our holy God, where we're joining together as community, being called in and sent out? How does worship help us do that? How does the music serve that goal? We have a couple great musicians who lead us in <gasps> that, and they do a fantastic job. Shout out to Ben and Kent. In big ways. And all of the musicians at Easter. We have great music at Easter. It's and I think one of the I things that I, brought me here, really, was the good music. And I do think, I just want uh, our listeners to hear that I think that Easter Lutheran Church and our music ministry, they they lead us in worship very well. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't want anybody to hear that we need to innovate because we're not doing it. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's more just being attentive to that, to that God is at work and sometimes leading us in a new direction. The people we have helping us lead that in Ben and Kent are are incredibly talented and incredibly well-versed, not just in the music, but but also in why the music is important, what the music does for us in worship. Our choir really, really wants to get back Ooh, to singing. <laughs> I am ready to hear that choir sing again. I just, I'm, I'm so excited that as, as, as music is kind of coming back into real time here at Easter, that I'm getting to be a part of that yeah. finally. Folks, remember that a lot of, a uh, lot of my knowledge of your music has been online, and it's been great. But let me tell you what, I'm looking forward to singing with you in person. Um, so hey, come join us in worship and do just that whatever style it is for you. Uh, folks, it's just so fun to talk worship and and psalms and why we do what we do. Thanks for joining us here uh, on the Carry On cast uh, here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Hope to see you soon. May the road rise up to meet you.